The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Rustling up the best search marketing news and views in the European Union. It's time to saddle up with the Search Cowboys. From Berlin to Bucharest, the Search Cowboys will round up the best search marketers from Europe and around the world to discuss search engine marketing, social media, and more. Now, here are the Search Cowboys, Bass Vandenbelt and Roy Hoiskins. Hi, and welcome to Search Cowboys. It's Tuesday night again, and we're live at webmasterradio.fm. Uh, good to have you all here. Uh, and if all's right, then Roy is on the other side of the line again. Hi, Roy. Hey, boss. I'm here. Okay. Are you doing good? Doing very well. Good, very good. We also have a very eminent guest uh, to, tonight on the show, a very special guest. Um, people both in the Netherlands and in the UK will be able to see him uh, and hear him speak uh, in person next week. But tonight he's uh, joining us on this show uh, all the way from Toronto tonight. Uh, he's, the, uh, he's an author. He's uh, president of the Web Analytics Association. Uh, he's the founder of Emetrix Marketing Optimization Summit. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting out of breath <laughs> saying that. Um, the analytics expert. Mr. Jim Stern. Uh, hi, Jim. How are you there? I'm there, and I'm happy to be there. Thanks. Good. Welcome on the show. It's good to have you. We're going to uh, talk uh, uh, with you on the second part of the show uh, about, uh, well, the things you do and uh, about SES London, where you'll be speaking next week. And uh, as you also told me, uh, you will be speaking in uh, Holland also next week, so you can uh, also fill us in on, on that. Um, but on the first part of the show, we wanted to uh, uh, address a subject uh, which is uh, pretty hot right now. Uh, it's actually hot off the presses. Uh, we just read it on Mashable. Google is going social with Google Buzz, and um, which is kind of a new feature. The rumors were out already last night that uh, Google will be up, well upgrading their uh, social status feature within Gmail, and would be well all sort of trying to get into Twitter's way. And now uh, they have actually launched it. They called it Google Buzz, B-U-Z-Z, Z-Z. I must say, <laughs> Z-Z top, and. Um, well, they launched it. Uh, I just read through the article on, on Mashable really quickly. Uh, what what they have is what what it is is kind of a feature where you can update your status and then you can uh, let all the people in your Gmail uh, know what you're doing. Uh, you can already do that, but now they've added archive to it. You can follow different people. You can uh, share publicly and privately. Uh, you have an inbox integration and all sorts of new stuff. So. Um, first reaction Roy what's your first response on this of course they're going to steal another business or at least uh, something like like a business then <laughs> it's, uh, well we were just chatting before the show and then Jim made a good remark that um, if you, can you call Twitter a business <laughs> business yeah certainly a technology it is a technology, yeah. It looks like they're doing the same thing Twitter is doing, only within Gmail. Um, 
the qu big question, of course, is will this be one of Google's big successes or will this be one of the many products which will be in line saying, well, this, that was one of the Google's ones trying to get into a specific area and they failed again. Uh, what's your take on this, Jim? I think it's a matter of mind share. I have no question that Google is capable of technically putting together something that works and works well. Um, but Orkut didn't take over from MySpace. Facebook did and LinkedIn did. Does, does Google end up being the place I go on my machine to manage all of my sociality? Perhaps. But uh, it pretty much depends on uh, how people are using Gmail and whether they like the idea that that's going to be their hub or they're happy to spend some time on LinkedIn, some time on MySpace, some time on, on TweetDeck. We'll yeah. see. I must say that the integration of the different uh, social media uh, things like Facebook, like LinkedIn, and like Twitter in, in one application like TweetDeck really helps me. It, it, I like it. Uh, but I don't know if I want to go to Gmail for, for this. Well, I'm, I'm an old guy, so I use do everything in Outlook. You know, everything that happens on all those things comes into my email inbox in Outlook, and I just treat it that way. And it works for me. It's my central hub. Am I going to move over to, to Gmail? Well, I'm on airplanes a lot. So if I have to be online constantly, that doesn't work for me. So no. I think it's going to be different strokes for different folks. No, but you actually find something for that as well. You can use the Google Gears uh, or Google just to get Gmail offline as well. That's but I think I think you're right in about using a desktop application for a lot of things. I mean, Twitter is a huge success not because of the web interface of Twitter. It's a huge success because, since it's really connectable to all different kind of things. And um, I don't know, I haven't seen all the the whole video about it. But unless this has an API, this isn't going to work. I mean, this this is able to work if you're um, back if you can put it into TweetDeck and Seismic and and, and all the the clients. Uh, on the other hand, I'm, I'm really afraid to see, like, uh, now I see, like, two two the same messages from all my friends, one on Facebook and one on Twitter, and I'm I'm really afraid to see a third one popping by as well. That's uh, right there. Now the third one buzz. It's actually the fourth one because you can also get the LinkedIn uh, connection with Twitter, and um, LinkedIn is being, well, polluted, I would say, by uh, Twitter messages these days, and I'm yeah, afraid never, Gmail will go the same way then. I'm never on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn to add connections, and it's my online address book and, and resume, and that's it. I'm not yeah. spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. But okay, well, that's the that difference. Yeah, that difference from person to person. But the, the, the thing is that um, Twitter integration is coming to all different sort of applications and uh, uh, online uh, well tools, and uh, now to Gmail. But it, it's not. Twitter in Gmail. I, I think if they, I'm, I'm not sure, I haven't read the entire article yet, but if they manage to integrate tweets with this, then it might get them more Gmail users. Um, because then maybe some Twitterers will decide to switch from, for example, Outlook to Gmail because it's well, easier I think to that's make all. It. That's what's going to happen in the immediate term. In the long term, it's all going to be integrated anyway. Um, remember instant messaging. It was all, oh, are you on this platform or that platform? And Twitter said, well, forget it. Let's just go across all platforms. Yeah. Uh, the integrate, being able to, to tweet here and blog post there and have it show up in all of the other places is, is the direction we're heading. So regardless of whether I tweet, I post, I blog, 
I am going to have that appear everywhere. And that's, that's where we're coming to. Now, what do I want to use for my standard method of managing it? What's the, what's the client? Is sort of a, it, it's the browser war again. You know, we're all going to have web pages, but how do we view them? Is it on the phone? Is it on the laptop? Eh, well, yes, it's everywhere. It's yeah. about controlling controlling the portals to the internet again. I mean, it's it's like the the old portals, what the old portals did, and now it's the same stuff with 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 Google and 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 well, Microsoft and and well, let's say Facebook, for instance. I mean, controlling the entry point gives you enough data. Uh, Does anybody remember Netscape? Yeah, <laughs> I think Mr. Calacanis does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yeah. No, you're right. No, it's and and uh, the thing is though that. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still looking at uh, at some of the features, and what I do see is that they have a pretty interesting mobile interface. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there there's an area I think there's a lot of ground to be won. So that that could be interesting uh, if, if Google goes that way, and of course with the Nexus One out now and uh, uh, all the uh, well the, the battle with the Apple iPhone, this mm-hmm. could be another add-on to it. Because if you use Android, then you know that. I don't know what kind of phone you use, uh, Jim. I have an iPhone. You have an iPhone, okay. Well, the thing is, I I just started using uh, the uh, HTC Hero, which is an, on Android, and yes. um, one of the things which I really liked is that it has the integration with all my Google account stuff. So I log in once, and I have immediately have all my um, uh, contacts, for example, and I have my Gmail integration and stuff like that. So if they know how to integrate this. Uh, also, the same way on uh, on the mobile phone, then they might have a chance to uh, uh, well to make this bigger. But the thing is, they need to integrate with Twitter then, because I don't see people changing from Twitter to uh, well Google Buzz. I think um, a lot of people are really concerned with privacy issues as well. I mean, it, it, the privacy beast is out there for Google, and they're not able to keep it keep it down at, at this moment. I think. And well, integrating just another service again, and, and trying to get you to that service as well, is, is is making it harder for Google again to to persuade people to to even drop Twitter, instead of using it besides it. And that's that's the whole uh, problem with a lot of services of Google. Um, people aren't willing to give their complete soul to Google at this moment. I think. Uh, well, I would expect if they manage to make it easy to use. Uh, and easier to use, and yeah. it's better integrated, then people will say, okay, what the heck, I don't mind if Google knows everything I search for. I don't mind if Google knows about everybody I email. I don't care if Google knows every click I make on websites that use Google Analytics web tags. So why am I worried uh, whether they know what I tweet or not? No, but it's not only the tweets. It's about the whole package. It's about having the Google Analytics and being able to track the complete amount of time you're spending on, even uh, the people you're connected with, they already it's the, the old package. They, they already know, but a lot of people are concerned. Um, I, I, I completely agree that they already know all the stuff. I mean, I don't think this the privacy concern is going to slow down adoption. I think it's going to be usability that will dictate whether or not people think it's easier, better, or not worth the trouble. Could be, could be. Uh, I think a lot of, I mean, we understand what the privacy issues are. Um, a lot of people are just started to worrying about privacy at this moment. Same with Facebook. And we're way ahead of them, I think. 
and and that's I mean in, in the perception of people, um, there's a lot of privacy concerns popping up now, and and we're already I, thinking I, about. I, I don't think years. we have. A, I don't think that's the difference between uh, Europe and U.S. Uh, countries and Canada. I think compared those two, in Europe there's a lot more discussion on uh, on privacy issues than in the U.S. At least that's my that's view cool. on it. And and a lot more regulations and restrictions. And in the U.S., we're, on the one hand, uh, absolutely profligate with our data. Anybody can know anything about me. And on the other hand, we're completely clueless about the dangers of, of having that private information made available. So, yeah, we're, we're going to remain, the U.S. is going to remain several years behind Europe when it comes to privacy for a long time to come. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this, this rolls out. I think uh, um, it could be, uh, I don't think it's a Twitter killer. That's not what it's going to be, but um, it could be interesting because they they seem to be integrating uh, a lot of Google features. With, well, I see Picasa, I see uh, Google Reader, I see um, real-time search, and it's, it's kind of like, I think they also use some of the Wave technology uh, to get this up and running. Uh, apparently, it's going to be live at 11 p.m., and it's... PT no at 11 PT I don't know what, what time it is actually <laughs> specific Pacific time is like so it's 15 minutes ago okay so <laughs> it should be should be live now no no, no. don't go away just keep listening please <laughs> well you can easily see that people are sitting around at Google saying how do we make a mashup of absolutely everything yeah that's probably what happened <laughs> that's what we tried to do with Twitter as well I mean. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'm curious. I mean, we will see what will happen, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really. I'll probably stick with Twitter and Facebook. I mean, it's more than enough for me, and I'm not even going to connect it. But if it will all be automatically, well, heck, I'm going to use it as well. But that's, I think, the only reason if it's going to be automatically, and it probably will be. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, as soon as it's uh, it's live, we're going to play with it. Um, I don't see it yet in my Gmail, so uh, uh, probably because we are in Europe. But um, we'll see. Uh, interesting. Uh, 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 what's going uh, going to happen? So, um, Jim, are you uh, a football fan? An American football fan? Um, no, I'm a fan of uh, American football advertising. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> but unfortunately, so, I've been on the road, so I haven't had a chance to watch any of them yet. No, you haven't. But you must have heard the news. I I did see one ad because I had to, and that was the Google spot. If yeah. You know, is going to spend millions of dollars advertising in the Super Bowl. By golly, I'll watch it. Yeah. So what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was probably the least expensive to produce ad on, on the Super Bowl <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And I admire them for that. <laughs> they, use, uh, they use Camtasia, I think. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get it <laughs> to get it on. No, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, it's, it's and somebody in the U.S. Uh, quoted um, uh, relatives. Uh, I think it was Des and Donna who, who, made, who made a comment on Search Engine Land that they, it was shown when, when her family, who was not who was not in the internet business, saw the ad. They they, they were like, okay, they're just showing a couple of searches. So what? Um, so I don't know if it really fell uh, for those in, uh, who saw it. Um, but but the bigger question, of course, is and that's also the discussion you see on on many websites uh, right now. Um, why is Google doing this? Is they, are, they, are they trying to uh, sell something? No, I don't think so because they're 
it's about search. So it's about something else. M my view on it is that it's about the image of Google. But I I'm, I'm quite curious what you guys uh, feel about this. Oh, I've, so. I've got strong feelings, but you go ahead first. <laughs> okay, well, I think... Um, I mean, it, it has something to do with, with showing people all the possibilities of Google. Since, I mean, a lot of people understand what that Google is search. I mean, that's not the issue, I think. But the kind of searches they have, I mean, they showed off all the good stuff they have, like the local stuff, the, the fine stuff in Paris. And it's all on, on the, the, the intention of people and the intention of the queries. And I mean, that was hard for non-search people to catch. But I think they displayed some neat stuff in there which people didn't don't, don't think about it right on the spot and it's also about recognition again just showing google and, and well you said it relative said it's just the searches well that's fine for google i mean if as long as google stays completely synonym with searches they're happy i guess so i think they did a smart job of not creating something really expensive and just showing off what they are a search company, or at least what they want to be, a search company. So is this a show off? Yeah, probably. I, I think it is. But Jim, what do you think? Did hell freeze over? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> what happened was uh, that Google said, you know, there are seven people out there in the world that don't know who we are. Let's go find them. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and so I'm... I'm, they're absolutely taking this on as a branding campaign. How do we get our message out there? How do we get to be more visible? How do we remind our, the people who know us and love us that we're still here? Um, as a Google user, I watched that ad and I felt better about the company because it reminded me how clever they are and showed me a few things that I hadn't thought to search for. Mm -hmm. And it reinforced, I mean, they just showed searches. So what? Well, Budweiser just shows horses playing football. So what? It's about branding. It's reminding you that they're an important part of the universe and they're willing to spend the money to, to make the point. Is it just just because they wanted to know that they are there? Or what do you think about the theory that it might be that Google is getting so big that people are, uh, well, like the privacy issue, which Roy just mentioned uh, on the topic before, um, that people might see Google differently because they're buying all this stuff and just uh, launching all sorts of new stuff and Street View and, and, and you name it, that they just thought, well, let's make the ad so that people will get the good feeling on Google again. Um, that's part of it, but, but I, the statement that Google is not selling anything is, is entirely wrong, I'm afraid. They are <laughs> absolutely selling keywords. And so anybody who is in advertising watched that and said, gee, that's what people are searching for. I really need to go buy some more keywords, don't I? So you bet it's, it's money-making for them. So they're reaching out to the world and saying, hey, don't forget, you know, we're, we're your favorite search engine. They're telling people who use it already, hey, don't forget, there's these other things you can search for. But they're making a big, bold statement in front of every brand advertiser on the planet who is closely watching Super Bowl ads that they better be advertising on Google or they're missing out. Yeah. So why didn't they do this last year? Why now? Who knows? <laughs> Good question. Okay. Well, maybe there, there's, I mean, if, if you look at what they're doing with branding campaigns in general, I mean, in, in Holland, they just got a huge 
huge Google Chrome, and well, uh, John said it is it's in London as well, and it's probably in the U.S. as well. They they there's these enormous billboards with all the Google Chrome stuff. Maybe they're just they're just trying to fetch data and see what offline data does with. I mean, they have a lot of data already, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're only good enough if you have you've you've had the data and you've done it, and maybe they're trying to to validate some data they got and validate some ideas that they have just to launch another product. Or well, One thing that we know Google is good at is experimentation. They like yeah. to try things. So uh, will they see a bump in the number of people who use Google? Will they see a bump in the number of people who buy keywords? Will they see a correlation between how many people watched that ad in which cities versus which cities had billboards in them? Boy, you bet they will. I actually received a Google advertisement, uh, um, an ad, uh, a flyer, Google flyer in in my mail today, and I mean, <laughs> really in, 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 in the mailbox. We go. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole Netherlands got that one. It's an yeah. AdWords 75 euros coupon, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, they're actually, so they're actually offline uh, really uh, trying their best. And uh, I just got uh, a word that uh, they actually bought a uh, an ad with Mapmaster Radio, and we have to go and listen to it now because we need to go to a break. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Google, Brasco, run the Google uh, commercial. <laughs> Search Cowboys will be back on the trail after this. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know they're SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Did you know one-fourth of the world's internet use comes from Europe, a third of them live in Germany and the UK? That's why WebmasterRadio.fm brings you the International Marketing Channel, featuring webmasters on the roof and StrikePoint. Let us create the right message to our loyal listeners looking to expand overseas. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a consultation today. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Purse Strings, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Search Cowboys on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. So... Welcome back to the uh, Search Cowboy Show. Uh, we are uh, live right now. And um, if you're listening live to us, I suggest you head over to the chat room right now because we are talking to uh, no other than Jim Stern, who will be keynoting uh, next week at SES London. 
and um, he joined us before the break also to talk about uh, well Google, <laughs> Google's uh, um, uh, ad on the Super Bowl, but also Google Buzz. And um, now it's time to talk about some stuff Jim is working on day to day. Uh, and of course, what he will be talking on next week. So, if you have any questions, just get over to the chat room and uh, drop them in the chat, and then uh, we'll try to answer them, uh, or at least Jim will try to answer them for you. Um, so, Jim, you're in Toronto right now. I'm in Toronto today, going to uh, Web Analytics Wednesday on Tuesday this evening, and uh, uh, presentation tomorrow, and then heading to uh, Montreal, uh, Montreal and Ottawa. It's a it's a busy week, and I'm trying to stay ahead of the snow. And then after that, to Europe. Next week, I will be in Amsterdam for Monday and Tuesday for a Web Analytics Association gathering. And then on Tuesday, the uh, CRM, the uh, Customer Relationship Management Association of the Netherlands, is hosting me for a, uh, an afternoon workshop. So that's pretty busy. After that, you go to SES London. I, I read you wrote, I think, seven books. Is so right? far. <laughs> so far, where did you get the time if you fly around the world like that? How did you get to it make time? Out, it turns out airplanes and hotels are great places for writing. <laughs> okay. Got a lot of free times on your hands then, huh? <laughs> Waiting won't, at the lobby. Won't call it free, but I will call it uninterrupted. Yeah, that, that's even So better. the best way to write seven books is just fly around the world and uh, right. <laughs> write your stuff. Um, so you were uh, um, uh, you're talking next week to uh, um, uh, at SES. Um, maybe for those people who don't know you, um, I, I made a short introduction for you in the first part. But maybe you can introduce yourself uh, and and explain to us uh, what keeps you so busy. Well, in um, let's see, I guess 1993, I went to an Internet World Conference, and it was all about the technology. And I asked the where are people talking about business strategy? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, this is such a great tool for marketing. Where are the sessions about doing marketing online? And they said, well, do you think you could give one? And I said, okay. And I became a, a speaker at Internet World for eight years. Uh, I went to a booth at that conference, uh, the John Wiley Book Publishers, and said, where are the books about doing business online, like marketing strategy? The guy at the booth said, well, what would be in such a book? And I said, oh, well, it'd have this and this and this and this. And he said, well, do you think you could write it? <laughs> and I said, well, okay. <laughs> that was part. Um, the first book came out in 94, sort of a book ever since until about 2002 when my Webmetrics book came out. And that's when I started the eMetrics Marketing Optimization Summit. And that conference took up all my time. So instead of writing books, I was producing the conferences the eMetrics conference, the audience got together and said, hey, we want to have an association. So five years ago, in fact, this month is the fifth anniversary of the Web Analytics Association. Mm -hmm. And finally, this year, I got around to writing the next book. So this is the seventh or eighth, um, which is social media metrics. Yeah. How, do we, how do we measure this stuff? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question because that's I think that's on a lot of people's minds. There is okay, so you have social media. I know if I work with clients, then they say, okay, how should we should use social media, and how can we can, can we get 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 business out of it? Um, and the next question always is, how can we measure it? So, um, well, the big question, and you probably can't can't answer this answer this one in 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 one sentence, but how do you measure social media? Yes. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> you can measure. You can so measure, yeah. Let's break up into a couple of areas. First is uh, classic advertising. On the one hand, you've got the numbers, which is reach and frequency. How much of the population is seeing or hearing your message? So we're going to see how many people tweet about you, how many people post on their blogs about you, how many people do satires about you on YouTube. We're just we're just measuring the instances that your name comes up. That's, so that's simple that, numbers. Just just count how many times. Yeah. Yeah. Then the tricky part is the polarity. Polarity is is it positive or negative? And that is a real serious challenge. It used to be easy. I'd put out a press release, and the number of newspapers that picked it up and reprinted it, that was my clipping pile. That was the number, the amount of ink I got. Yeah. And I could count it all being just repeating what I said. Well, nowadays, it mm -mm, doesn't happen. People are talking about me in all kinds of ways. So doing sentiment analysis becomes really tricky. So there's how often are we mentioned and how recently have we been talked about are they talking about as positive or negative? And then, is it having any impact on business? Is it bringing people to the website? Is it getting people to call the call center? Is it getting people to buy the product? Is it help? Is it improving customer satisfaction by answering questions and solving problems instead of them calling the call center? So I've I've got lots of different things I can measure. Um, like just like with web analytics, I can measure everything, including how many times you blink your eyes. But should I bother? Yeah. So, at what point does the measurement become too complicated, and I'm not going to get a return on investment? In other words, it's a really expensive calculator. Will I get a return on my investment from measuring my return on investment? Yeah. So. Um Hmm. <laughs> that was actually one of my questions. <laughs> so <laughs> the only way you can do this correctly is to start off with very clear goals. So what you need to do is is start out with is anybody talking about me at all? So we've got to make sure that the the monitoring systems are in place just to see if there are people out there talking about us and to to keep on top of the conversation, to know whether I really need to know that there's a horrible problem with uh, the accelerator pedal on my car, for instance. But it, it, most people, if I talk to clients, for, for example, um, and, and it, it, social media comes to, uh, to the table, we'll, we'll talk about social media, and then most people first say, okay, so we need to go on Twitter, is that it? Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> you like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all you need to do. You just need to go onto Twitter and you're all done. Easy. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Strategy met. Yeah. Well, back, and back, to the, back to the early 90s when people said, oh, so there's all this online stuff. So all yeah. I need to do is put up a couple of web pages. It's actually not much different. That's, that's true. I remember that back then that people said, uh, oh, we need a website because everybody's online. And mm -hmm. it kind of it kind of goes the same with the Twitter accounts. I need a Twitter account because everybody's got one. Well, that's um, great. You have a website, but now you know you need to answer your email. People are looking to trying to email. You mean I have to hire people who can do email? I've got a room full of people who answer the phone. Now I got to hire more people. Yes, you need to hire more people. <laughs> if, if you so, do it really well, you can you can teach them how to do email as well. That that could be even better. Actually, that turns out to be. 
more of a challenge than you imagine. I know. I worked in a call center. <laughs> yeah. You know that. I mean, answering the phone is a talent, and being able to respond to people through a keyboard is a different kind of talent. And I agree. answering people out in a public environment is an even more different type of talent. It's not just can you type and can you spell, but you really need to be empathetic. You really be, need to be able to understand that you're out in the community not talking behind a closed door. And that's a, that's a different kind of mindset. There are so many metrics you can look at. Which are the important ones, you would say? Well, it all... It, so, the correct answer is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> what business are you in? What are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you're trying to sell more wristwatches, then sales is probably a good one. If you're trying to sell more automobiles, test drives is probably a good thing to measure. And and is your billboard on the highway having an impact on that? Is your conversation on on LinkedIn and Facebook having an impact on that? That's the the final analysis. Are we moving the needle on our business goals and connecting the tweet to the sale? is a real serious challenge, but is that's where the money is. Because you can hire a hundred people to go out and, and participate and monitor and and make sure that, that the company is represented. But should you? Well that depends on whether it has a positive impact on those bottom line key performance indicators. So knowing your goals is the, always the first step. Yeah. So um, th- that means you will have to teach um, businesses, so to speak, because they probably will just say th- th- most businesses, in, in in my experience, don't look beyond the first. Well, it used to be the first click, but it's now just the first. Well, the first line. Uh, uh, okay, so we're going on social media. We need to know how many people clicked uh, on our Twitter link. That's it. Mm-hmm. But that uh, it's it's more than that. So you need to. It's good if you if you have a KPI of having a goal of having a, a lot of people goal, on your yes. website. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, mean, if that's if that's the goal to get as many many clicks on that one link you send out from Twitter, yes. But um, um, most people will will eventually want sales or stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And I think that um, businesses are not yet focused on looking beyond that first click. Am I right? Or? You're, you're right, um, and they absolutely should be, because all of the research has shown that if you do display advertising, it increases your search traffic. If you advertise mm-hmm. on television, it increases your search traffic. If you buy a variety of keywords, it increases the traffic that you get from the ones that convert the best. And if you cut off the ones that don't convert, it lowers the amount of traffic from those other ones. So all of this promotion and all of this advertising is cumulative. If you then layer on, oh, a whole other arena that I wasn't even aware of called social media, there's lots of visibility, there's lots of interactivity, there's lots of engagement out there as well. It also has an impact. Yeah. And so, being able to monitor and correlate all of that is is critically important in order to answer the one fundamental question: 
how do I answer, how do I spend my next budget allocation on marketing? Should I spend more money on Facebook ads or should I spend more money hiring people to monitor Twitter? Should I put up more billboards or should I get another Super Bowl ad? And that's the, that's the question we're trying to answer. But how do you get uh, uh, businesses to think that way? It's called consulting. It's a great job. <laughs> <laughs> you, Maybe you, you can get to travel around, write a book or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's the biggest question. I think there are many marketeers out there working for a company with, I don't know, 100, 200, maybe even 1,000 people uh, on their marketing department, and they need to uh, explain to their uh, bosses, their uh, managers, who will... Uh, give them their budgets that they need to uh, do this. Um, mm -hmm. no, I, I how can you convince them? I have a different approach to this, but first answer the question. <laughs> so, so it, we're back to 1993 of why should I spend money putting up a website? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Internet is this place for nerds and geeks and 14-year-old boys looking for pornography. My customers aren't there. Why should I bother? Well, you need to do it now because your customers will be there and you need to learn how to do it now so you're ready for them when they show up. Yeah, that's, that's the question I had as well. I mean, everything's back to accountability right now. And accountability <laughs> is, is really important, I think. But it also, it's, um, we, we really got, well, we, we, we um, really accelerated in, in, in accountability as well. So, um, I mean, getting the accountability accountable is, is not the way to go if you want to try new things. And trying new things doesn't have to be accountable. You just have to get a budget for it and see what it can do for you, I think. Um, there how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, there, there absolutely has to be a line item in the budget for experiments. Mm -hmm. Trying new things. We don't know if this will work, but if we, if we only do the things that we're absolutely sure work then we narrow and narrow and narrow and we end up only doing one thing and somebody else comes along and completely takes away our business. Yeah, somebody from China or India or <laughs> something like, like that. Yeah. So, so, Jim, if you are in Holland next week, could you come with me to my client? Because I, this afternoon I had the exact <laughs> same discussion. And the client actually asked me why uh, he asked, well, he, not, he didn't ask me, he asked the marketeer uh, who is giving me the, uh, um, uh, uh, the assignment. Um, uh, why should we we do this? What what are we missing? That uh, um, wh where's the need for it? And, and when um, I am faced with those questions. The the final straw. If I can't not make them understand, the the best approach is to go to their customers, and do a survey of their customers, or or go to them personally and videotape them answering the question. Do you look at online reviews before you buy products? Do you go seek out other people's opinions before you believe what the company tells you? And you take that back to the chief marketing officer or the board of directors and say, look, your customers actually care about this stuff. You better be paying attention. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, what you're going to talk about next week in, uh, at uh, SCS London? I will. I will talk about... Um, the, the different methods to measure, the, the value of measuring those different ways, the, uh, the, the critically important part of correlating what's being said about you with what you're saying about yourself, 
you know, there's there's what what <laughs> we know comes along with social media is an absolute need for authenticity. So if you stand up and say we have the safest automobiles in the world, and I turn the page and there is a recall of all of your cars, uh, that's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> I agree. So I agree. I'll be talking about that, and then we'll be going into depth on it in our uh, at the Emetrics Marketing Optimization Summits. Um, you know, in in Munich in March, in Toronto in April, in Sydney in April, San Jose in May, London in May. Yeah, we're all over the place. Is the London the London one combined with the SMX again? It will be. Okay. And, and the same with the Munich one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, great. And and in Sydney. Great, okay. great, great. Well, <laughs> Brasco, just jo join us in for a, a second break. Um, let's take that one and let's talk a little bit further about how we can get the accountability on the right part as well. Yeah, if, Jim, if Jim has time to stay on, of course. I'd be delighted. Okay, great. very good. Brasco, run the commercials. Search Cowboys will be back on the trail after this. Hi, welcome to the SEO shop. How may I help you? Oh, hi. I'm looking for something for my website. Well, I could slip your website into a sleek web campaign. Hmm, okay. Our professional internet marketing experts can custom tailor your web campaign with our SEO services. And by the time we're finished, your website will have such high organic search rankings that it'll turn the heads off of Google, Yahoo, and Bing. I would love that. SEO-shop.com. The experts in professional internet marketing services. Let us research, plan, execute, and succeed on your web campaign today with SEO-shop.com. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. <coughs> wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with conversioncritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Best search strategies. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Search Cowboys on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. Hi, and welcome to the third part, the final part of the Search Cowboy Show. And we are talking to Jim Stern today, who will be keynoting next week's uh, SES London. Uh, and uh, we were talking about social media metrics uh, just before the break. And also, uh, before that, we were talking about Google Buzz. And in the chat room right now, people are saying that some of them have already seen it in their Gmail. Uh, others don't. I don't see it yet. Um, but it's it's to make a little 
jump from what we're talking about before the break. Um, there are all, all of, all of <laughs> sorry about that. Um, there are constantly new social media features rolling being rolled out, like Google Now with the Google Buzz. Um, is it still measurable, Jim? <laughs> yes, it's it uh, is ever more difficult because there are new channels and there are new technologies. But I can always measure the final result. And here's where the the it's necessary to have the more sophisticated tools on my website. It's my contention that your website is gathering all of this behavioral information about what happens when people visit your website. And when you do, when you send every household in the Netherlands a 75 euro coupon uh, for AdWords, then you can see a change in the behavior in general on your website. When you run an ad when you put up uh, when you when you invest in different keywords you can detect the change now you might not be able to directly relate or directly measure every time somebody mentions you on twitter every time somebody clicks through from from one blog to another and then to yours but the final behavior on your website will subtly change and that image of that behavior is worth monitoring yeah. So, but but you you're not monitoring the actual social media uh, um, movement uh, on the social media, but you're you're measuring uh, what the movement comes out to. Yes, and the actual movement out on social media absolutely is measurable. But every time there's a brand new tool or a brand new channel, then yeah, it needs to be adopted and adapted. Um, but there are lots of tools out there that are monitoring tools, and everybody's heard of Radian 6 by now. There are dozens of new tools coming out every week to help follow the, the stream of conversation and pick keywords out of it and tabulate them. The, the question is, do you know why you're measuring? If you're just measuring to have numbers, well, you might as well look at page views and click-throughs and be done with it. But if you're monitoring what people are saying how they're, the, the, the change in sentiment over time and what the final results are, then you've got the whole picture. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you just mentioned Radian 6. Uh, are there any other tools you would suggest to people? I, yes, and, and this is one of those things I decided years ago. Um, there are so many tools and they change so quickly that I rely on the, the foresters and gardeners of the world to, to do those charts of which tools have which features. It just changes too fast. So I try to keep track of what is possible, what the latest people are up to. But uh, no, I don't make any recommendations. Okay. <laughs> so you're not telling us what you're using yourself. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect you had a, a, a major own tool. I, no, no, no. I'm I'm not a technologist. I don't. I'm I'm not a, a programmer. You know. No, but you could hire a programmer. It's not like I'm I'm Eric Peterson who says, "Oh, look, Twitter. Let's go create the Twitterizer." And and wow, what a surprise that was, and and what fun that is. To track yourself. <laughs> no, I'm I'm keep I'm keeping an eye on what a business person, what the value a business person can get out of such yeah. measure. Yeah. 
So if um, what what you see a lot is that um, there are a lot of big reports on analytics. Uh, people get huge reports with all sorts of numbers. Um, how do you? How, what's your view on that? Should people people don't read them? In my opinion. Um, so are the big reports useful, or should people look at it in a different way? Well, the, the reporting is is stage one of what it takes to do analytics. And it's if all you're doing is reporting, you're wasting your time. Uh, if all you're doing is looking at a report of what are my top 10 most popular pages, you get no value whatsoever. The, the value is when you start asking questions and you start optimizing your website, when you start segmenting your audience, when you start looking at ways to make changes to your keyword buys, to your landing pages, to the persuasion process in your website in order to improve the number of people who convert, whether conversion is uh, buy something or download the white paper or tune into the webinar or whatever it might be. Just playing the devil's advocate here. Um, isn't that something only big companies can do because they can actually put in time and money? It's the, the money is, turns out to not be the issue. It's the time that is absolutely the issue. So I can use Google Analytics to get a huge amount of information. And a lot of the search tools that are out there and the bid management tools that are out there are incredibly valuable. But just looking at the reports is, is not the answer. The answer is doing analysis. And that requires putting in the time and asking the good questions, the difficult questions. And that's where a real creative analyst makes all the difference in the world, regardless of the tool they're using. So the job of an analyst is actually changing. It's not just uh, reporting on numbers, but he's becoming sort of a business advisor kind of person. Ask, ask, yeah. Asking questions, isn't it? That, that's where they become valuable. If all they do is worry about page tags and reports, they're doing the company a disservice. If instead, when somebody says, how many people came to this particular page, they turn around and say, why do you want to know that? Because I'll, I'll happily give you that, the answer to your question. But if you can tell me why you want to know, I've got a lot of other information that might be useful as well. If the analyst understands the value to the business, if the analyst understands the purpose behind the question, then they can become a business advisor and a business analyst and help improve the, you know, the three critical metrics of every business, which is make more money, spend less money, and increase customer satisfaction. Yeah. If all you're doing is cranking out reports, you're not adding value. Mm. Um, do, do you see a change in, uh, because we're working in a relatively young industry, so there might be not, might be so many people who actually know how to do this. Um, is, in your opinion, do you see that there's a new generation coming which understands this way of working? Uh, well, I don't see a new generation yet. I see the same generation learning how to do things better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've been at it for, for about a dozen years, and that's uh, a 12-year-old uh, doesn't have a second generation yet. So we're, we're seeing that, okay, now that I know how to tag pages and how to produce reports and how to export data to Excel spreadsheets so I can do pivot tables, well, now I know how to use the shovel. I can dig a really good hole, but tell me, 
why you want the hole, and I'll tell you where to dig the best hole and how deep it should be, and I can dig a better hole for you. So it's not just using the tool, it's understanding the value of, that, of the tool to the business and providing not the numbers, but the insight that's derived from the numbers. And, and uh, okay, so, so how do you then see the industry reacting to this? Are, are we learning fast enough? Are, are people actually doing this? Or do you need to explain this to so many people who still don't understand? It, it, so there is a, a range of sophistication in companies from the ones who uh, are just, yes, we have web analytics. We've, we've put Google Analytics on our pages. We've got reports. Thank you very much. And they get no value from them, and there's no helping them because they won't see. More sophisticated companies, not necessarily bigger or richer or more people, but more sophisticated are the ones who are really digging into the data and are really getting more value and are becoming much more competitive. Mm. So is that happening? Yes. Uh, the industry is responding by, well, for instance, providing more sophisticated types of training. Where I used to have a one-day Google Analytics training course, it's now two and three days of, okay, here's the tool, but now here's what analysis is all about. We've got the, the Web Analytics Association offering online courses Now, this year, it's going to turn into certification so that you can add to your CV that you are a certified web analyst. And these are not questions about how do I use the tool or what is the definition of a unique user. It's here's a particular situation. What data would you want to help optimize this business? That's a, that's a different kind of training. Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of attitude. So. Uh, therefore, you need a different kind of training. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Roy, we were almost out of time. Did you catch anything from the chat room? Were there yeah, any there's one question. Where can you learn? I mean, you can go to the uh, eMetrics. Um, what was the complete name again? Well, the eMetrics e Summit. eMetrics.org. Yeah, that's even better. I mean, you can go there. You can learn stuff there. But, I mean, two days of... of, of Hearing great ideas isn't probably enough. Is there any education in the U.S. over it? I mean, in, in the Netherlands, it's it's pretty poor. You have to go to companies and and really get stuff in there. How do you recommend people to to get into that right now? Well, I I recommend um, that if you are using a particular tool, to go to that vendor's website and look at their partners. So, for instance, Google Analytics, there's lots of authorized consultants there that are all mm -hmm. capable of providing some pretty good training. Um, there are the online courses through the Web Analytics Association. And if uh, people want to email me, I've started to create a, uh, there's a Google Doc I've started to put together that lists where online training uh, or can be found or in-person training can be found. Ooh, that's um, interesting. Trying to, trying to keep that alive. If you can give me that link, uh, or, or uh, where it, people can find that, yeah, it's bitly, so bit dot ly slash wa hyphen training, and that will take you to the Google Doc. Bit, training. Okay, we'll put the links also in the show notes so that uh, people who are listening to the show recording uh, can uh, find it on uh, Search Cowboys. Um, okay, we're uh, running out of time. So, uh, Jim, uh, I would like to thank you very much for uh, being uh, a part of our show uh, and uh, explaining us a lot about uh, metrics. Um, 
And um, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing you uh, next week in uh, London at SES. And uh, we hope to have uh, a good talk there also. And uh, thank you again for being on the show. Um, people listening to the show, uh, you can listen to us live uh, every Tuesday here in Holland, which is 7 in the UK in the US. It's 2 p.m. on the East Coast, 11 a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, afterwards, it's um, uh, the, the show with the great name. Purse, and Purse strings. <laughs> First strings, yeah, and they have the hundred on the first three. Yeah, so. the hundredth hundred show. So be sure to stay on and listen to that. Uh, once again, Jim, thank you, and um, we'll see all of you next week uh, at uh, SES London, where uh, both me and David Stella will be running around with a mic, trying to interview people for Webmaster Radio. Got a fan. So bye bye. Bye bye.